0: The Gestalt Gardner podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
2: Good
0: morning, good morning, ain't it a great morning. Welcome to Mississippi Public Broadcasting's weekly garden party, party per garden program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener, and I'm your host, horticulturist Belder Rushing. Our producer is esteemed Jonas Adams. We have a whole team of folks behind the studio windows helping us out, including you, our MPB supporters. The gardener me says, take it easy, this oppressive weather in middle of August, but we're going to have a good time. We're going to be real positive and upbeat for the next hour or so. We're going to be talking about gardening. It is live here at MPB. In addition to my personally selected cheesy music selection, I'm going to be talking with you in real time about gardening with or without having to settle anything. It's a live program, folks. Sit back, relax. Join us as we take in a little bit of news, and we'll be back with the gestalt gardener
1: right after this
0: folks welcome back again horticulture still rushing and this is a live program I know it's hot and steamy and a lot of people are getting good rain some people may get a little more than they want some may not get as much as they do want but you know it's all good we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff August is happiness happens month so I hope you find some ways to make it happen or to recognize that that's all around you and uh, we are about halfway through the official Elvis week those of you who are who are Elvis fans or fans of Elvis fans, this is a good time to say howdy. I'd love to share some upcoming garden events if you have any to share. Not a whole lot going on this time of year because people are kind of laying low, but there's going to be a a, a real interesting event in a couple of weeks. This is going to be a muscadine field day. Muscadines are Southeast United States native grape. It's a separate species from the bunch grapes that we eat or that we make wine from. But muscadines very interesting, and there's some really cool new varieties. Not like those old thick scuppernong type things we used to have. Anyway, this is a muscadine field day where you could come out and look at, and taste, and compare, and take small samples. Can't bring a bucket, you know. They're not going to let you take enough to make a gallon of wine or to put up in your freezer and make a pie with, but they'll have little bags for you to, to sample different varieties. They're going to be people on hand to, to talk about, to talk about growing muscadines, uh, and, and other fruits, by the way, uh, and, uh, and again, they've got some really cool new varieties coming down. And this is going to be in South Mississippi. Uh, it's going to be saturday august the twenty seventh and it's at the mcneil research station now, i've been there a couple of three years ago had a blast, but the research station is on highway eleven it's off of interstate um, uh, fifty nine It's between carrier and McNeil sort of halfway i guess between um uh popperville and Uh, What's the other one down there? Anyway, I've got it written down someplace. It's on Highway 11. I can tell you that. It's a couple of miles south of McNeil. You can take the exit 15 off of Interstate 59 uh, there at McNeil. Anyway, it's going to be free. It's going to have all sorts of stuff going on with speakers and, and folks to answer questions and showing you stuff. And, again, that's going to be Saturday, August the 27th, in the morning. Um, it's going to be a muscadine field day. By the way, my first muscadine vine, the first one I ever planted, was the one that I grew myself from a cutting. I rooted from a Delta research station. We're talking about 40-something years ago. But while I was down at McNeil Unit uh, a few years ago, I also noticed they have a lot of new crepe myrtle varieties, trying new varieties crepe myrtles. <laughs> I love those with burgundy foliage. Hmm. Burgundy leaves, white flowers, hail state. What can you say? Anyway, if you've got some things to talk about that, that I can help uh, promote, some kind of gardening event, shoot me an email. I'll be real glad to. Garden at org. Now, this is a live program. If you'd like to give me a call and talk about what's going on or not in your garden, it's toll-free, 1-877- mpb ring how you been doing sir jonas staying moist and 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 warm it's
3: harder every day to dodge the raindrops but we're okay
0: yeah we're getting towards the end of the dog days of august even though you know here in the south they seem to drag on into september but anyway there's a lot of stuff going on and jonas this is the time of the year when people can actually be doing stuff nobody wants to hear about it but there are some stuff we can be doing uh, this past week, I potted up a little rosemary plant that I rooted in water. I only took about three weeks to get some really good roots on the cutting. It was about six inches long when I stripped off some lower stems, and I stuck it in a pretty little blue bottle in my sunny window in the kitchen. Uh, gardenias root really well this time of year also. takes just two or three weeks to have roots, something fun for the kids to do. And uh, speaking of kids, when mine were little, I'd take them to a garden center, let them pick out a bag full of stuff, Um September, October, I'd, I'd give them 4 or $5, let them buy all the bulbs they wanted, help them stick them in the ground in the fall, uh, because kids need something to look for, hope for, something to help them learn patience and rewards. But if it's fast gratification you want for your kids or grandkids, school children, even yourself, you can't go wrong with culinary herbs. Uh, they're ready to pick right after you plant them. The more you harvest, the better they grow. Uh, think about basil this time of year. Good all the way up into November, um, but also some of the easiest to grow for children or grown-ups that you can actually use uh, things like mint, uh, oregano, rosemary, lots of others. But these are easy to grow, easy to cook with, and if kids help grow some oregano or some rosemary and basil, they can help. They feel like they have at least part ownership in a pasta dish that they help grow, which means brings me back to rooting a small rosemary bush in water. Got any kids you can turn on to gardening this way? And uh, Jonas, interrupt me when we get a phone call because it is live this morning. I'm hot and humid, ready to talk about gardening.
3: We got two, All as right, a matter let's of fact. First one up hey, is Chris in Gulfport.
0: Hey, Chris, good morning.
4: How are you doing? I'm trying to go ahead and set up some uh, rain barrels, and I want to be as mosquito-free rain barrels as I can.
0: Okay. I got
4: uh-huh. probably 400 gallons worth of water around my house and what I did was I placed um I placed them up higher than you would normally place them. You know, yeah. they're not at ground level, so I put them up on cinder blocks and then I put yeah. mosquito netting over top of them and I plumbed them together. Is that yeah. going to be sufficient enough to go ahead and get me to a yeah. point where I have nothing but clear water?
0: It's no problem at all, and it's, it's not going to be drinkable water. You need to know that because it's going to stand there in all that heat, humidity. But it's great for plants, and um, you know if you just get an old window screen and lay it over there, that's fine. Piece of cardboard, almost anything like that will do. Okay, and you got it. You've got to raise it up enough where you can drain out of the bottom of the of, of the of the one to get water. Don't oh you? yeah, I've got
4: I've got six pickets that I can go yeah. ahead and go out of the bottom, because just yeah. so I can go ahead and run hoses or my various plants.
0: Yeah, uh, this one, I, I just have the one. Uh, mine is a 300-gallon cistern, and and uh, it's up on some some uh, four-by-six posts because, you know, 300 gallons is uh, over a ton of water. Yeah, that's but, a lot uh, of weight. I, 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 yeah, I've got it uh, high enough where I can just drain into water buckets and, you know, a little exercise, a, little, a few little extra steps to check on my smartphone there. But uh, there, there, is a, there are these things called mosquito dunks. If you want mm-hmm. screens, you're not going to eat them. But mosquito dogs are safe; they're natural. You throw them in the water, and it's a biological uh, material that only kills the larvae of mosquitoes. Well, so, I'm you know,
4: worried that I have to, I have two dogs that drink out of the water.
0: Mosquito so. dogs are perfectly fine. I mean, it is. I mean, you know, you could you could eat them if you wanted to. You know, there's there's not a it's not a pest it's not a poison. It's something that only kills the larvae of. Mosquitoes. That's all it kills. Okay. But anyway, if you got screens on, there's no problem at all. Okay. Thanks. Hey, hey, let me throw something else at you. Are you anywhere near your air conditioner?
4: Um, not yet. I have. Uh, well, I have my air conditioning going, but I have it.
0: Well, the reason I'm saying uh, last week uh, we talked about this a little bit, and a fellow named Bernard Sosier, uh, he he threw this out. And by the way, you can't imagine how much water. Um uh an air conditioner puts out, and if you could say that too, that'd be great, but he just wanted me to remind folks that uh if you use any kind of drain cleaner uh uh to you know, in your in your air conditioner, you might want to think about that before putting oh out yeah, drain. I've already got my drain cleaned out. No problem, man, Just put a screen on it. don't worry about it all right, thank you very much. all right, appreciate it one eight seven seven m p b ring
5: who got sir Jonas?
3: Up next is from Natchez. It's Lee calling about a magnolia tree.
5: Hey, Lee, good morning. What's up? Good morning. Um, I have a question. Um, okay. I have a, a large multi-trunk magnolia tree that's quite old, yeah. and uh, I live in a residential area, so I'm close to other properties. Right. Um, about eight years ago, their straight line wind came through and completely defoliated the things and uh, left nothing but three trunks um, nice. it, yeah, it came back, but um, it 's never been strong uh, limbs fall out of it it 's not as large as it once was um, and i 'm having a problem right now with one of the trunks, and they're i mean they 're lot tall, very tall and yeah. um uh, limbs keep falling out of it and it looks like there's a big diseased area in the trunk um, yeah. I, I have there are several people in town who can come out and remove it but no one really who knows how to um, to repair it okay. county agent and he told me that that's a possibility it's only about 20% diseased and 80% still yeah. and he said there's a possibility that someone can drill it and uh, put in a cable to stabilize it with some of the other yeah trunks yeah, um, yeah. But there's no, I don't know who to call. There's no one okay. in the area for that. <clears throat> Is there any uh, one you can suggest for that sort of okay. thing, or okay. how would I find for, out? Okay. who to have, of who all, to call? For, first of all,
0: I can't. You know, we have licensed tree surgeons in the state, and they do travel. But you okay. want to make sure that you know checking the yellow pages if you still have a phone book uh you know even if somebody has to drive a little bit down from jackson if it's if it's something that that needs to be repaired um you need to get somebody who's got who is a licensed arborist a licensed tree surgeon that shows that they've got the training, the experience, and also insurance if you right. if you get someone who cannot show you their license, they don't have it no matter what they say. And you can get somebody to come down from Jackson, but let's back up just a second real quick. If you're talking about cabling uh, a tree, you really you really need to have somebody who who understands the dynamics, the weight of the limbs and things like that to do that. So a licensed person should be able to do it. As far as healing a tree, once you get decay inside a tree, and by the way, I taught this course when I was at, at uh, when, when I worked for Mississippi State. I've got my tree surgeon license back in nineteen seventy seven so I've been doing this a long time. You cannot cure decay in a tree. You can't scoop it out. There's no amount of concrete, there's no amount of treatment, even for historic trees, which I work with in places like Mount Vernon over in Virginia. Historic trees, the concrete stuff is nothing but a uh, just a, a little covering. Because the decay actually goes into the healthy wood inside a tree, so all we're trying to do is stabilize the tree, trying to keep some some limbs from falling off. But there's no treating a tree that's got uh, internal decay.
5: Anybody tells you different, simply pulling your leg. Okay, okay, would I be safer then in having them remove that portion entirely?
6: Well,
0: it, it's it's a, it's just it's a matter of gravity. If the limbs are hanging over where you parked your car or your your house or your patio or something like that you know, it might be easier to take it off. By the way, if they're taking a limb off, if they're taking branches off of limbs or limbs off of the trunk, you need to make sure you get somebody who's going to make a cut, not flush with the trunk, but as close to the trunk as you can without leaving a big scar because if they leave a stub even a few inches long, it will decay. It won't heal over. So you need to remove limbs and branches right where they start growing, not with any kind of stubs. It's the main trunk itself. You know, it, it might just be that, you know, if you, you know, you've been from Natchez, we've got a magnolia trees that are a century, 200 or more years old, and none right. of them are pretty. None of them are pretty. It might just be that you're going to have a, what I call a characterful tree because there's, there's you know, other than cutting, you know, without looking at it, I really can't make any more suggestions than that. You
5: might want to think, you know, if you could send me a good, clear picture, maybe I could offer suggestions by email. Okay. And also, some of the exposed roots at the bottom have uh, little pinholes in them, so I'm sure I've got some sort of creatures in it.
0: This is normal. This, This happens in the woods. When Europeans first came to North America, they ran into magnolia trees that were centuries old that had these kind of problems. Just like me having hair growing on my ears, that's just part of getting old. So don't okay. worry about that. The, the exposed limb, you know, if you don't like those exposed roots, that's what monkey grass and aspidistra and mondo grass are for. Because you can't grow grass or anything up under. But
5: monkey grass will grow under a magnolia tree without Well, being it's not by the, the look of it. It's just that they don't seem to be. Uh, completely firm any longer.
0: Normal, normal yeah. for an old tree. No, okay. right around town. Right around town. Look at old, really closely at some of the older magnolia trees. They've all got that. That's just part of it.
5: Well, if it, and these three trunks are grown together as, at the bottom as though they're one. If uh-huh. they take if they take that one um, trunk out completely, which is quite tall, we, we, twenty or thirty we, feet. We,
0: we 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 need to deal with this by email because it could get not really okay. complicated but more we could talk. Do you see me a good picture? You know, with the you know, that's not too shady or too sunny. And uh, let me see if I can help you from there. And uh, I might be able to suggest the ways you can find a licensed arborist to come out. Thank you so much. All righty, good luck on it. You, you got
3: to go to break, filter.
0: Yeah, Jonas, I'm not sure that I just said I have hair growing out of my ears.
3: I think you do. Well, you know it's becoming. And, you know
0: <laughs> it's 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 one of those things when you start to get older and start looking like a gnome, and that kind of stuff happens anyway let's let's take a break and come back um I'm horticulture Spelter rushing this is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public broadcasting. Uh, I do answer my emails during the week. I've caught up on almost all of them and as we're talking, I'm sending out a plant list but anyway, if you want to shoot me an email, it's real easy Gardens at mtbonline.org, answer a lot of questions every week, and when we come back, I want to pay homage to three heroes who are in the wings who help me out when I get stoked on some things. Again, horticulture fell spelled rushing. This is the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi, public Broadcasting. Wait till you hear the cheesy music I've got coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes. Whew. We'll be right back.
4: Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Old House Depot. Antique windows, doors, shutters, flooring, and exposed beams. Architectural salvage, custom carpentry, you name it. Open 9 to 5, Monday through Saturday, 639 Monroe Street in Jackson. OldHouseDepot.com.
1: This is MBB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
3: MPB Think Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you'd like help spreading the
1: word, send us an email to PSA at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Again, Horticulture's to Rushing. We got an email from Ansley Orfila uh, last week. wanting want to know how to tell when sweet potatoes are ready to harvest. It's not a real easy thing to answer, but in general, it takes about 100 days, 100, 110, 120 days, between three and four months for them to really start making tubers. And on the weather, of course, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but in general, if they've been out for, for three and a half or four months, you can start poking around and digging on them. We'd like to mention this, though. Sweet potatoes are very easy to bruise, and when you dig them, you don't want to wash them off. Let, them, let, them kind of, let that skin kind of toughen up a little bit before you wash them. But also keep in mind that if you get a lot of rain, if your garden has been really hot and dry, then all of a sudden you get a big rain, sweet potatoes, just like cabbies, just like tomatoes, can crack wide open. So if it looks like they're predicting rain um, you know, go ahead and dig a few before they crack open too much. Anyway, give us a call, one eight seven seven MPB ring. Who we got, sir Jonas?
3: Up next is Ernest calling from Jackson about peach trees.
7: Hey Ernest, good morning. What's up? Oh, nothing much. Thank you for taking my call. My uh, wife, I bought a peach tree uh, a couple of years ago, and last year didn't produce any peaches, but uh, this year I got about 30 golf ball-sized uh, peaches. Uh-huh. Should, I, should I expect that output every year from now on, or is it going to alternate each year?
0: It depends on a lot of stuff. A a fruit tree can have what we call biennial bearing. It can have a real big crop one year and practically nothing the next year. That's sort of normal. But if you prune your tree every winter, sometime in January, February, if you thin out the tall stuff and the extra branches and all the clutter, in in other words, just just keep the tree compact and open, then it can actually start bearing a lot of fruit. Uh, the, The main thing is thin the insides of the trees out, and then try not to to, uh, to cut all the previous year's growth off. They can have a pretty good number of peaches. Okay.
2: Um,
0: uh, let me let me throw this out, though. This is going to half kill you to hear it, but it's absolutely true. You know how those things are grown in clusters, little groups of peaches?
7: Yes.
0: Back in the spring when they were about the size of a marble, if you'd have popped off all but two or three per cluster, the ones that are left would be so big you could pro- hardly pick them in, put them in your hand. Commercial growers thin, they, they say if you don't feel like crying, I mean, they thin out as much as 70%, 80% of the young fruits in the spring, and what's left are really, really big and extra juicy. It's called fruit thinning, and, and, and it does work. But you try it on a okay. or two next year.
1: Okay, well done. Thank
0: you. Oh, you bet. Appreciate it. Yes, sir, Jonas.
3: Up next is Jamie calling about petunias.
0: Okay, hey Jamie, you growing petunias this time of year?
7: Well, my wife planted. Well, she didn't plant them. She bought a hanging basket with petunias, in them back in the spring, and they looked great. They was full and bushy and all that. But like right now, they look terrible. They look stringy. They got blooms on them and all that, and they look that part's fine. But they're long and stringy, and they look terrible. Yep.
0: Well, that's the reason. The first thing I said. Who grew, you know, it's hard to grow petunias this time of year in the deep south. I'm about the only one. Uh, they, first of all, back up. Petunias don't like hard freezes. They don't like 95 degree days either. You know, they're sort of in between. They, you know, they they're native to the mountains. You know, where it cools down at night. So, middle of the summer, petunias gonna just sit down. What you could try would be cut some of the stems back. You know how they got these long, scraggly branches? Right. Cut some of them back to just a few inches long. Give the plants a little shot of fertilizer, and those you cut back to start putting out new growth. And when they start blooming, cut the rest of them back a little bit. Otherwise, you're gonna, you know, if you cut it all off at once, she's gonna holler at you, even if it's the right thing to do. I got, it.
7: I got it. Well, like I say, she, she done everything that she could think of to do, and I said, I know the person to call. Better rush. To she know. did. She, you know,
0: she did every. She did everything except take them uh, up to to Oregon or, or or New England or someplace where it's cooler at night. I tell you what. Now, now if you keep this in mind, next year there's a type of petunia that's called Purple Wave. Just just remember Wave. W A V E. Wave petunias can take more heat than any other petunia I know of. So next year, look for the Purple Wave petunia, and I mean it, it'll take a lot of heat. That would be great. That would be great. Thank
1: you. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. Enjoy
0: little your show. A little prune and a little fertilizer. Let's take it with there. and fingers crossed. That's great. Thank you, man. You betcha. Thank you for your call. 1877-MPB-RING. Who we got, sir, Jonas?
3: Brenda is up next, calling about raised bed with ants.
0: Raised beds with ants. That's going to be hard to get rid of. So, how, Are these fire ants with mounds in them?
6: Yes, I, and I treated them, and the ants are gone. The problem yeah. is um, I'm not sure if I need to remove that soil from my raised bed.
0: Well, it, it, the the short answer is probably not. So most of the insecticides we have today don't last any time at all. The stuff that used to last and last and last, it hadn't been for sale for, for home gardening for a long time. So most of the stuff works real fast. And after two or three waterings, a couple of rains, it's gone. And uh, okay. matter of fact, you can you almost just stick a pepper or tomato plant down in that good dirt that the ants dug up for you. But I wouldn't worry about if this, if this something is sold over-the-counter for ants, it's not going to have well, any it lasting effect at all. And,
6: and I read the bag. But it didn't answer, my question on the back said, you know, what to do if you get in your eyes or ingest it or whatever. But it didn't answer, you know, should you remove it from a a garden where you're going to grow vegetables.
0: Because you don't have to, you know. In other words, the insecticides, again, they last. Sometimes when you mix up some of these these insecticides with water, sometimes they start breaking down where every two or three hours they lose half of their strength. So the reason they didn't say, you know, don't worry about it is because there ain't nothing to worry about. Just in the future, put it on the mounds, not on your plants. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Okay. What's up, Sir Jonas?
3: Jim from Jackson calling about crepe myrtles.
0: Hey, Jim. What's up? You've got people hollering at you for some uh, I wondered if there's any advantage to cutting the seed pods off of grape myrtles with
5: all the rain to keep the branches from splitting. Would that hurt them at all?
0: No, it doesn't hurt at all. Matter of fact, if you cut them back, you know, if you follow them from the tip to back where they started growing this past spring, you can cut that back halfway or two-thirds, and they'll immediately put out new growth, and they still got time to bloom this fall. But if you just want to snip them off for ornamental reasons, no problem whatsoever. Hello? Jonas, G- did we lose?
3: Okay. No, I think he's still on the line. Jim, are you still there?
0: Okay, I guess not. I was Jim from Jackson, that-
3: calls back, okay?
0: <laughs> okay. It, it doesn't hurt. To- now, the worst thing about pruning crate myrtles is some neighbors who need to mind their own business will holler at you because there's some people who say you shouldn't prune crate myrtles, and the fact is it does not hurt the plants to prune them. And if some people don't like the way it looks. Hey, some people don't like the way you dress. That's just the way it boils down. You know, some people are going to vote this way or vote that way, and it ain't nobody's business but your own. Did I just get on a rant? You did. <laughs> I just, I've just never seen anybody become bullies quicker than people who want you to prune stuff the way they prune it. Crate, crate murder people the biggest bullies in the garden world.
3: And I I'm sure I'm we'll get a lot of crate murder calls in a minute.
0: Hey, it's okay, br- br- bring it on, because I have pictures of the crepe myrtle trees that have been pruned back to knobs and balls that are over 600 years old. It doesn't hurt them at all. The American Horticulture Society does it, their headquarters. Anyway, it's a style thing, and sometimes people want you to be like them, and if you're not like them, you need to just move. Anyway, back to garden. Hey, back to <laughs> I, <garden>. thought, <laughs> I was going to keep it upbeat. Okay, let's, let's turn it around. Hey, y'all, any of you who want to prune crepe myrtles, it's okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Up next is Suzanne calling from Purvis about weeping willows, and then we'll go to the cheesy music right after that.
0: Okay. Hey, hey Suzanne, good morning. How are you today? Hey,
6: I'm good. Yeah, uh, what can I help you with? Well, about three years ago, we planted a weeping willow. I don't know what kind. I bought it at a for about 80 bucks. It was a kind of small tree. Uh-huh. And put it in the backyard. It's maybe fifteen, twenty feet from the house. Yeah, and, mm, I'm concerned. It's gotten humongous. I mean, it's taller than the house. It's a beautiful tree, but are the roots going to wrap around my plumbing or go under my house and crack the foundation? And do I need to chop this tree down? Or
0: uh, okay, uh, let me let me ask you a couple of questions. For is your house on a slab or is it off the ground? It's on a slab. I wouldn't worry about it at all because when they pour those slabs, they, it's a little deeper on the edge. It's called a footing. And uh-huh. roots only grow where they get both air and water. So they may grow up against your your that slab. That can grow up under it unless it's staying too wet under there. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. Um, you, you may find that some of the roots are on top of the ground because they can't breathe down deep. But in your part of the, the, the country, the soil is pretty well drained, so I wouldn't worry about it at all.
6: Now, I think the lines from the plumbing run sort of under the tree, and we wondered if that's why it's grown so well. I mean, it just, it's how it, it, How
0: Where would your house be? Is it PVC pipe or is it old, uh, you know, is it uh, drain field type stuff?
6: Uh, it's field lines. I think it's PVC, but it's apparently, I'm not 100% sure. I think it's field lines. Oh, the you, house is only well, about
0: nine okay, years you're, old. You're connected to a sewer system, though, right?
6: Um, no, we have a well, and I'm not sure what happens with it. There's a septic. Oh, okay,
0: let, let, let me back. If if your if your if your your wastewater goes from your house to some kind of city sewage system and it's PVC, there's not going to be a problem because those things don't leak. We used to have trouble with with the old clay uh, uh, field lines that were leaky and all like that. But if it's PVC, it should be sealed. Shouldn't be any problem at all. if you've got a drain fill, if you've got a septic system, whole different ball game, and the tree is just going to love it. And I don't have a problem letting the tree love it. But, you know, if you've got a septic system, that's different from if you're connected to a sewage system.
6: Okay, I I think it's septic, and I think there's field lines that go out. Yeah, well, that's the reason the tree is growing so good. It's loving it. You're
0: actually doing a good job of keeping that tree happy. Okay, but it's not
6: going to wrap around the pipes and destroy things? Not if they're PVC pipes. Okay, because I heard on the some show that the crepe myrtles planted too close to the house were dangerous. You know, I I hear that stuff all the time, but I'm mm-hmm. not trying to
0: brag. But I wrote the book, and it's just simply not true.
6: Okay, awesome. Well, we'll our tree. I appreciate
0: it. A, a lot of the stuff you hear is based on old stuff. You know, old mm-hmm. pipes, old lies. Uh, conventional foundations, things like that, doesn't always translate. I hear a lot of stuff that has a tiny grain of truth, but it's more alarming than mm-hmm. something to worry about.
6: But let it, me ask one. If you let want, me ask some, one more question about it. If we if we were to trim the tree, like say the top of it, cut it back, uh-huh. kind of like you would a crape myrtle, does that yeah. keep the roots from being nope.
0: Nope. no? No, roots, roots and tops are separate. If you want to if you want to do root pruning, you can go between the tree and your lines and make a little small ditch, you know, just maybe, you know, shovel deep and a, a, a couple of feet across. And that's all it takes, you know, to to kill the roots on that side. It's just like the pruning underground is like pruning above ground. So that roots are uh, more shallow than – anyway, if you want a little bit more detail about this, shoot me an email. We can get a whole lot more lot more detail
6: that way. All right. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Appreciate it. Oh, I, sh- I really shouldn't jump on people who just trying to give good advice. There's a lot of advice out there that just does not make sense at all. It's based on old-fashioned stuff or whatever. If you're not sure about this or if you have some more information or you'd like to add some information, I try to be you know, as fair as I can. Shoot me an email and we'd be glad to get into it. So, Jonas, you ready for the cheesy music?
3: I absolutely am ready for the cheesy music today.
0: Okay. You got it okay, right?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You sent it. <laughs> Uh, about five times.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, because la- last week it wasn't sent for some reason. Well, anyway, let me let me set this up. Oh, are you going into some bumper music first, or what? Yeah,
3: I'm a, yeah, you could talk right over to, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. the break music. Okay.
0: Uh, you know, I sometimes, folks, here on the Gardener, MPB, I don't sell stuff. I don't try to have to prove anything to anybody. So if you have some questions or comments, I'm going to give my opinion as a gardener based on horticulture training, based on decades of observation and experience, and sometimes I'm going to get it wrong. So if you have some questions or want to take umbrage at some of what I say, don't you know? tell people I'm a jerk about it if you want to, but let's talk. Let's get it out there. Send me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, this is the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're about to hear one of the cheesiest tunes of the season. It's a takeoff on Irish potatoes. From the master of musical parody, Weird Al Yankovic. We're going to take a break after that and come right back with more of your phone calls here live on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Stick with us.
2: Right. There's no kind you haven't tried. You planned a trip to Idaho just to watch potatoes grow. I understand how you must feel. I can't deny they've got a peel Whoa, you like them whether they're plain or they're stuffed. Oh, yeah. It seems you can't get enough You know you're gonna have to face it You're addicted to spuds Your greasy hands Your salty lips Looks like You found the chips Your belly aches Your teeth grind Some peter tots Would blow your mind And you don't mind If they're cooked. You need your fish Late at night, you always dream of bacon bits and sour cream. Whoa, you like them even if that don't be your top. Oh yeah. We, it's pretty obvious to me. Can't get enough, you know you're gonna have to face it. You're addicted to spots. Might as well face it. You're addicted. Buds, might as well face it. You're addicted to buds. Might as well face it. You're addicted to buds. Might as well face it. You're addicted to buds. Might as well face it. You're addicted to buds. I'm not afraid to
3: The new MPB Public Media app is available now. Watch MPB TV, listen to MPB Think and Music Radio, and stay in the know with MPB News. Search for the MPB Public Media app in the App Store and Google Play stores today.
2: Attorney Thomas Harvey says 13 cities in St. Louis County are extorting money from poor black people for minor traffic offenses. Adding additional fines on their already impoverished situation doesn't do anything to increase public safety. A new lawsuit alleges these communities are running modern-day debtors' prisons. That story later on All Things Considered from NPR News.
1: Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Okie dokie, folks. Again, welcome back. I hope you are addicted to spuds. By the way, while I was listening to that, I got a, a good email from a guy named Andy Vesey. He said he's been listening to that conversation about PVC field lines. He said, I've been in the building supply business all my life and can tell you that tree roots absolutely will grow into uh, to, to thin PVC pipe, which is used for field line. It also has holes in it for drainage, so the roots will go right into the pipe and clog it up. Uh, I sort of knew that in the back of my mind, but I was thinking the long uh, uh, PVC pipes that are connected to sewer lines. If you've got a septic field, um, a uh, field line tree roots will absolutely clog it up, and I would suppose that that um, willow trees are probably among the worst. Although I think they're all going to be pretty bad. Anyway, Andy, appreciate that a whole bunch. And folks, if you have questions about things that I talk about, again, send me an email. So I, I'm less, you know, I, I'm more able to gather my thoughts and get a little bit more detailed than we are here live. But if you want to give us a call, it's one eight seven seven MPB ring. Bring it on. What's up, sir Jonas?
3: Uh, we have a call being prepared right now. It's Pat from okay. Olive Branch. We're going to get them on the line in just a second, and that second literally is right now. Pat from Olive Branch. <laughs> hey there. Good morning. How are you?
6: Hey, Felder. I volunteer at the library in Olive Branch. I do the big pots that are outside. Oh, yeah. and I them With blooming plants. I planted those little miniature zinnias this spring and the poor things have burned up on the south side, and I need to put blooming plants in those pots that will make it till pansies come. Do you have any suggestions, please?
0: I I do, and uh, I don't know. You know, a lot of times the garden centers, by the middle of the summer, they give up and they stop buying plants. You may have a hard time, you know, getting some, but if you go to a local garden center or if you have to Uh go to a big box store, see if you can find a plant called Angelonia. Think Angelonia. Angelonia is a really tough, durable plant. It bl the hotter and drier it gets the better. Okay also, uh, ornamental sweet potatoes will take a lot of heat and drought. Yes. Um, some of the old fashioned plants you may have been raised with, things like periwinkle, you know, they you know, these are from Madagascar, the hot, hot, dry places. Uh, you can even grow, uh, you know, some of some of the herbs that grow well in that, which might be interesting for kids who visit the library, with the, the, some cascading a uh, rosemary or cascading uh, oregano, something like that. But it really, just depends. I, I would not put those those little red salvia type plants or petunias out in a hot, hot summer.
6: Okay. But, uh, it
0: really, it really just depends on you know on what's available this time of year because it's sort of an in between thing. Next year though, Angelonia is a great one. If you sh- want to send me an email, I'd give you a list of the kind of plants I put in the back of my truck. In the you know we're talking about a pickup truck with a garden in it, and nobody does anything to it all summer long. So I've found yep. some plants that will really take a lot of heat and drought and, and neglect to, and are not likely to be stolen. I know you don't have that problem in olive branches. Some places people have a hard time setting things out and homeless folks walk off with them.
6: They like the geraniums is what they like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. anything that makes a good little gift. But, uh, again, there are, you know, there's uh, 10 or 12 plants that will really take a lot of, you know, hot. Well, I live in a little area called Fondren in Jackson. We have uh, big containers on the street corners, and we found out what will take and what won't. Okay, well, I'll do that and thanks. Okay, be sure to send me an email if you, if you have a list of some of the plants that are available. It might even be, you know, if, if you can, can, uh, can send me an email, I might even be able to help you in real time if you find out what's available.
3: Up next is Jim from Arkansas.
0: Hey, Jim, what part of Arkansas are you calling from?
7: Uh, Lake Village.
0: All righty, right. You know, be careful because right around the corner there on Highway 2, they're waiting on you to see if you're going too fast. Yeah, you're you know, right, you're right. You know, you know the Gold Lake Chico—they're waiting on you, because they always wait on me. Uh, well, part of living in a small town, you know. <laughs> what can they um, help you with?
7: Well, I've got 20 or 25 little sapling trees uh, that I really need to clear, and uh, they're all about an inch or two in diameter. And yeah. um, I just want to know the best way to maybe get rid of those. I, I've tried cutting them down, but then, you know, you leave a little stub and, that winds
0: yeah. up getting underneath my lawn mower. Yeah, an inch or two in diameter is hard to, to to rogue those up. You know, the Forestry is a company called Forestry Supplier. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They go online. It's a Mississippi business, but they sell tools for forestry people, and they do have these pry bars that you stick in the ground and pull back on them, and they pop trees right out of the ground up to an inch in diameter. But um, wow. in the in the short run, the the best way to do it, and I you know, and it, it seems like I'm a I must be paid by somebody to say this. But if you cut them off, let them sprout back out, and put Roundup on it, that will kill it roots and all without hurting your your stuff. The trick is you don't want to put it on stuff around it because Roundup will kill anything you get it on. Right,
5: right.
0: But I want to kill it. All, right, all it only kills what you get on the leaves of, so you know you might want to just spot treat them. You know, if you could get a sprayer, put a little funnel, maybe cut off a, a milk carton, cut the bottom of it off, and put it to make a little funnel. You can just put it right on top, cut it off, put it on top, squirt it, and walk on. I got you. Okay, well I really
4: enough. appreciate it.
0: Man, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't envy anybody trying to get out and do stuff like that over in the Arkansas Delta in this heat and humidity.
7: Yeah, it's been pretty hot lately.
0: Yeah.
7: Well, good luck on it. All right. Thank you very much.
0: One eight seven seven mpb ring We got any callers, Sir Jonas?
3: Yes, we do. We have Lily calling from Natchez. She wants to know good what morning. flowers go well in the shade. Okay. Hey, Lily. Good morning. How are you doing?
6: Good morning. What can I help you with? I'm, I'm interested in the colors, pink, lavender, or purple, uh, uh-huh. that would grow well in the shade. I need to put some flowers... Um, uh, a near grave and it's under a tree. Okay, uh, pink, lavender, uh, purple.
0: You want something that's going to be there all the time, or something you can put out maybe in the spring? It blooms in the summer, or what?
6: Oh, well, I hadn't thought of it like that. I just wanted you know, it to grow in the shade. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you a plant that's purple
0: that'll be out there all year, and it's a and it's an old fashioned plant. I've seen it growing in Natchez. I can't remember what street on, but there's. There's a house in Natchez, and they got all across the front. That it's made out of rocks. Anyway, there's a plant that's called um, it's called Purple Heart. It's kind of like wandering Jew, but it's got purple leaves, and it's a hundred percent perennial. It'll be there year in and year out, and it'll grow in the sun or the shade, and it'll give you sort of a a base that you can plant other stuff around. Um, okay, I, you know, and uh, again, you know, there's, there's so many different names for it, but Purple Heart. Or purple queen. Some people call it wandering Jew, but it's not that kind that you see in hanging baskets. It's got leaves that are about the length of your finger, and they're just as purple as they can be. And it's a good perennial for all year long, even in the shade. And that's
6: that's sort of a start. Okay, now when I have to go to a nursery, I can get that at a box store. Oh, uh, you're probably not going to find that it boss. It's kind
0: of an old-fashioned plant. You know, it's not the kind of thing that's going to be, you know, it's it's not as trendy because it's a, you know, I guarantee you, it's all over Natchez. Anybody has got some of it will be glad to give you a start of it because it's stuff roots like ringing a bell. It's an old-fashioned oh, okay. pass-along plant. Do, do you have email? Yes. If you can send me an email, I'll send you the real name and a picture of it so you'll know what to look for. And I guarantee you, as soon as you see it, you can say, oh, yeah, you know, Auntie used to grow that. You know, something <laughs> okay. that you just, you know. But if you'll send me an email, I'll send you a picture of it right back because it's a fun plant. And again, it'll be there all the time with that. And, you know, and, and it's tough enough to go in a cemetery. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, that's the start. I appreciate your call. Thank you. What's up, Sir Jonas?
3: We have a call getting prepared right now, but the lines are clear.
0: Well, let me tell you something funny. I just heard, um, I was uh, in a pub one evening. You know, I'm still, I'm I'm coming home in a couple of weeks to get back to my gardening, but I heard something in the pub, some some friends said that their neighbor had got some really irritating, large butterfly things, you know, some ornamental, you know, big butterfly looking ornaments that they put all over the yard that are supposed to light up at night. They said, luckily, there isn't enough sun most of the year in England for the solar powers to recharge. (laughs) Uh, I guess you got to be here for that. Folks, it is time to think about planting for the fall. The last call for summer vegetables, things like tomatoes, peppers if you can find them, uh, eggplants, maybe some bush beans, some uh, bush-type cucumbers. You can plant summer stuff in the next couple of weeks and get a harvest before fall. But it is time to start setting out stuff for fall and winter. I'm thinking broccoli, cabbage, kale, um, uh, those kind of things, collards. If you get the little plants, you go to a garden center, get the little plants because the ones that are big and tough and got kind of a split stem, a lot of times they get stuck and they don't really grow that well. So get little plants. Put them in the ground, keep them moist, cover the ground with some mulch to keep the roots cool and moist, and they'll really, really grow well over the next month or so and start producing when it gets cooler. This is the time to start planting stuff for fall, though.
3: Ready for the next caller? I am, man. Jumping JW calling from Tupelo.
0: Hey, JW, what's going on up in your neck of the woods?
7: I'm holding to my Lee call. Point. You,
0: baby, holding had Lee had
3: County it. now.
7: I just got a comment about the guy that's got the little sapling trees. Yeah, um, please help us out. Well what I what I did was take a chain and my pickup truck and just <laughs> I I wrap it around a couple of times and uh you can actually pull up more than one at a time if you got a long enough chain. And, yeah, just, and- Get a little slack and just kind of jerk them out of the ground. Uh, that takes take care it, of the stomp.
0: Yeah, as long, as long as the ground's not so wet, you get bogged down and leave tracks all over the that, yard. Well,
7: that that's a problem, too. <laughs> and the lady problem. that a... called about the purple plant, I have yeah. the purple heart, and I've actually just broken them off and stuck them in the ground, and they, you can't kill it. I mean, I don't know how yeah. you'd kill it unless you pour gasoline yeah. on it or something. Where did you but, get yours? where did you get your start? I don't even, I think I got it from one of my mother-in-law one well ex-mother-in-law now but uh, she gave me a couple of plants that I've had 10 or 12 years now that I leave them out in the winter and I've got them in the ground now and in pots and they just keep multiplying
0: it's It's a good old, dependable plant you know peop- people don't pass around plants that are junk. you know if you get something from a, from from a from an older gardener they're not going to yeah. fool you. they're going to give you something that's going to stick with you anyway. Good tip about the uh, about pulling the trees up the truck, but again, as long as you don't get bogged down and have some somebody hollering at you
7: and just make sure that you don't hook to something that on your truck that's going to snap loose instead of the tree. <laughs> I
0: don't know if you ever saw a movie called Tremors, did you?
7: Yes, I did. You know what I'm saying? Don't you know
0: those? It. <laughs> right. Appreciate your call, man. Thank you so much.
3: Next call right. is James from Wiggins.
5: Hey, James. Good morning. What's up? Yes, I got on the very end of that uh, thing about the uh, the festival, the, the Muscadine Festival. Could you yeah, give yeah. me the directions to that again and when it is?
0: Yeah, it's going it's going it's a couple of Saturdays now. It's gonna be on August the twenty seventh. Let me do, let me pull it, pull that back up here. It's August the twenty seventh. It's not really that far from me. It's 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 down between between Poplarville and um, um, I'm just trying to pull up where where the it's on Highway eleven. You can if you're on Interstate fifty nine, like you're going uh, down towards uh, Picky
4: between Poplarville and Carrier.
0: Yeah, it's, it's real close to Keter-Ear. Uh Matter of fact, just, uh, you get off the interstate at the McNeil exit, which is uh, uh,
5: okay. exit
0: fifteen, and it's on All Highway right. fifteen, closer to McNeil than Carrier. But McNeil ain't nothing but a couple of stores anyway.
5: Yeah, that's true.
0: But uh, anyway, that's going to be. It's the Saturday morning, August the twenty seventh. That's uh, what
5: I needed. Okay.
0: And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I've been there a couple of times. It's got a lot going on. All right. I appreciate it. All right, thanks for your call. Glad I can help you on that. That's going to be uh, muscadine field day. Folks have got new varieties of grapes being developed by Mississippi State, and want to show them off. These are not old-fashioned scuppernong type muscadines; they're high-quality, good-producing plants for the home garden. Jones, we got anybody else here?
3: We got just one minute left to get one more call. It's Stacy okay, from Jackson. Go. Good morning. How are you?
6: I'm good, thank you for taking my call. You uh, bet. I have a oak tree that is getting weeds all around it, and it's just rubbery, thorny little sprouts, and they're all over. And they'll get real long, and I—I um, I mean, they'll cut with the lawnmower, but yeah. you can't even pull them out of the ground, Harley. And I don't know how to get rid of them.
0: Okay, a couple of things. First of all, do not hit the trunk of that tree with a lawnmower or the string trimmer, because that will kill it. Okay. Uh, and and in the long run, once you get rid of it, if you put a thick layer of leaves or mulch or something around it, that will keep new, new weeds from coming up, and they actually help the tree grow better roots. Without looking at the plant, I can't tell you exactly what to what to use, uh, how to get rid of it. You can send me a picture, but if you will, uh, if you'll consider... Wetting it down with surround Roundup. Roundup will not hurt the tree trunk or the roots and only kills was getting all on the leaves of and it de- decomposes into carbohydrates. That's your best bet in the short run. Pulling it, hitting with surround Roundup, a lot of mulch. So anyway, out of time, folks. Wish we could talk all day long, but we're going to be back same time, same place next week. I'm Horticultural Spell of This is the Gestalt Gardener. This is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer, the esteemed Jonas Adams. Jonas, who was our, our call screener today?
3: The esteemed Kevin Farrell.
0: All right, we got all the big hitters in there. Folks, remember, though, gardening is a way to help heal a hurting world. Mow your grass high. If you're going anywhere near a garden center or a farmer's market, take a kid or two with you, show them what it's all about, get them introduced to to the real world of growing your own stuff. If you do, find a good opportunity indoors or out, show kids what to do what we do best, and that's get dirty.